Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, you guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. Hello, puppets! This is Good Bottle Podcast. My name is Chris Sinclair. I am joined by my ever-judgy good friend, Mr. Drew Garrison, who is staring at me from across our very live table right now. I'm so excited. It's, are you? Yeah, are you excited? Yeah. I'm excited for a couple different reasons. Um, Not because of my intro. No, that was awful. Um, I'm really excited because since we bought the soundboard, I have not seen it in action. And to watch you hit the buttons, I'm like, I'm like, we did that. We got to this point where we're hitting these buttons now. I'm good at pushing buttons. You're great at pushing Especially buttons. Especially yours. And then motherfucker. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's two way street. So so I'm very, I'm very, very, very excited about that. I'm very excited about the fact that we're doing our first live conversation. This in, season. In this season in we were trying to figure it out, and then I just stopped looking. Um, it's been a long time. Since, since uh, Justin. We think it was Justin. He listens, so he'll confirm with us. Or yeah, he texted um, me the other day. He did text me, too. I don't know if I responded. Sorry, Justin. No, he, he texted me, and he was like, I want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I'm also not your distributor. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love, I love Justin. I love No, he's, he's got a, a massive distributor that's not you. Yeah. Who can do a lot more things. Do they, do they land with somebody? They were Southern. They're not anymore. Oh, they're not. Oh, now it's awkward. Brought out those sores. Kohana rum doesn't need Southern. Damn those cold sores. Because it's delicious. Go out and buy Kohana rum. That's our first advertisement of all time. Um, Is it? No, it's not. But also, we have a very exciting guest, and it's someone that, as we've been sitting here talking, as we've been preparing for tonight's podcast, there has been a couple of realizations about where this person has gone since the last time they, they were here. And then some of our predictions as well as how this person also changed our podcast. So I like to think that we changed their career. I mean, it's hard to argue against that. Got the good bottle bump. Really? Yeah, they really, they really did. Um, because you can almost track it exactly to the day, which we just did. And our guest tonight is someone who is rocket strapped. Maybe by the Good Bottle Podcast. I don't know. I don't. I mean, you we, can't say not. You can't say not. There's some evidence to prove that it was because of that. But it's also someone that, as we were talking, I had realized this was the first time that we had reached out to someone that we didn't know, and that we rolled the dice and be like, we think this person is really cool. Let's talk to them. And. It was definitely someone that we felt like we needed to know, though. Oh, to- oh totally. Yeah. That's what it was. It was, it was like, we need to know this person. We think this person is doing something that's really, really cool. And they're going to be a big part of this industry. I like that we're really good at using pronouns right now. It's and they's. It's very neutral. Well, we're very progressive. God damn, this is a woke motherfucking show. Yeah, I do my best. I read books. so um, And I pay attention to the right Instagram accounts? I don't know. Uh, so this, this guest ended up being the catalyst for kind of what this show is today, where we reach out to people that we don't necessarily have a personal relationship with, but that we do think are contributing really amazing things to this industry. And we want 
to just be on their radar. And it was a, it was a totally cold conversation going in. Cause it was just like, we didn't have a pre relationship and it just, and it ended up being really good. Or at least I think it was, I mean, she, they're, they're back. So it was good. Well, you already gave it away. <laughs> spill, spill the beans. Ah, I messed it up. Um, but since then, since this guest, that has been kind of our guiding light. It was like, we are going to reach out to people who we think are cool. And fortunately, everybody has been cool. And it's been a really great experience. We're no longer intimidated to reach out to, quote unquote, strangers because and by, of and, this person. And by we, we mean Drew after he's had a few drinks. And or cigars. Yes. I mean. Yeah. Bravo, sir. Yeah, and you know, I mean, everybody knows my system. So, with all that being said. I wish I had a drum roll sound bite. I don't. Yeah, you have enough buttons, but not enough sound bites. Here we go. Our guest tonight is obviously a previous guest. This is her second time on on this podcast, but she's she's coming a little different this time. It's Nadia Pup- Nope. Nadia Mincy, the natural wine enthusiast specializing in direct-to-consumer marketing, wine, all this fun stuff. Also, a writer and assistant editor for the Wine Zine, which we all love. And if you need a private event, which I have been to since she was on this episode, you need to call her because she's amazing. Really great. Very Where was personable. that? End of nowhere. It was not end of nowhere. End of nowhere. I still have which yet is, to go. I need, like I need to get up. Such there, a but... perfect name for that place. Yeah, it's, it's, you are it's really amazing. driving forever, but yeah. it's so worth the payoff. Nadia, welcome back. Hey, it's You're great here. to be back. We missed you I so much. Buttons, actually, I have so <laughs> many colorful buttons. <laughs> I love color. I, I even have dials. Ooh. No, I actually love it. I mean, when we recorded this, this was we had to look it up May twenty fifth. She knew this um, last year. You're a terrible producer. Drew. And mm-hmm. it was, I was in my house in Oakland. I was in my office. I was praying the dogs didn't bark. Um, but now we're here in person. And this is so cool. Um, and it's also very cool. I'm so glad you reached out to me and we didn't know each other. Cause it was the same kind of thing. I was like, what podcast? Who is this? Let me do my little Instagram research and be like, Oh, this is cool. Sacramento. Yeah. Why not? So yeah. let's dive right in. Well, and there's, and there's been this, you know, tremendous amount of change for you both professionally and personally since yeah. then. Like, yeah. you, like, and what we were, we were joking about it earlier, but it's like, you have manifested the hell out of your life and you're doing so many amazing things. Like we were right. Like we, uh, we're not joking. Like we produce like <laughs> this person is rocket strapped and we're just trying to get on the ground level because you're going to be traveling all around doing wine events and being a bigger part mm-hmm. of this industry. And that is a hundred percent what's happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the, we'll see May. Did we have vaccines yet? Yeah. Last year we had vaccines. We yep. were at home kind of waiting things. Waiting out for our turn. See. Waiting for yes. our turn for the vaccine. Yes yes. 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 My turn. My turn came. Yeah. And now we're here and the summer happened and summer was great. And 2021 really blossomed. I mean, I knew I was getting married that year, but then also so many other life things happened. I'm here in Sacramento now. Yep. Um, so how's yeah. that, how's that going? Yeah. I what do you think it. about Sacramento? I love it. Well, I left in 2017, moved to LA. Then I was in Oakland. Right. And then now I'm here. Cause so you it's been, grew up here. Is yes. that right? Grew up yeah. here, grew up in Elk Grove. Um, from here, my husband's from here, but we never lived here at the same time. 
we met in the Bay Area, and then we did long distance, and then we were together in Oakland, and now we're here. Um, and we're great looking it. guy, by the way. Oh, he's adorable. I met him at End of Nowhere. Oh, right. right I've right. only seen Instagram pictures. Hard very to, photogenic. Hard to look away <laughs> with the two dogs involved. You're kind of like, what? Perfect man? Like, I don't know what and to do. dogs, you know? Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, no, I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty lucky. And he deals with all my wine things all the time, so. Well, I remember, you know, at the, so when we recorded the first time, and, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's crazy to think that it's, it's legitimately been less than a year. Yeah. But, you know, part of where you started was doing a blog and just talking about natural wine and then your your dad being like talk about this more you know mm-hmm. like you're good at this and then yeah. and then kind of giving you that that confidence and now it's like you know i i i scroll through instagram it's like hey i'm going to be talking about wine in los angeles you're kind of like what <laughs> like this is yeah. crazy like this is so much fun to to see people who you think are going to be good and then we got to spend our virtual time together and then we got to spend some time at end of nowhere together. And it was just like, Oh yeah, she's dope. Like this is going to be awesome. And then to continue to see it grow and come to fruition, it's been really fun from, from our perspective to see that happen. And, and, and I think our, our listenership has grown since that time. Uh, Quantifiably. Yeah. There's yep. legitimately numbers to back it mm-hmm. up. So I think it, you know, let's, let's backtrack it a little bit because we're kind of doing an old friend thing. And I think there's some new listeners who are being like, you guys, we weren't here for this. Yeah. 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 We're not ready to go back yet. Like, so tell our listeners, what, what are you sipping on? Okay. Um, a little bit about yourself. Uh-huh. And then if you were ever in a, uh, high volume bar and or nightclub and were approached with non-alcoholic spirits, would you take the sample? Yes or no? <laughs> Oh, perfect questions. Okay. So we are sipping on Tessier's 2021 Electric Ladyland. This is a brand new white blend. And I brought this for a couple different reasons. So the blend is Albarino, Pinot Gris, Riesling, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir. I brought it because one, it's a woman winemaker. We're at the end of March. So hey, hey. Um, Also, because this winemaker, she reinvented herself. Kind of like how, I guess, now I'm reflecting, I am, and I yeah. did, and I'm in the middle of doing. Um, she was a biochemist or, bio, yeah, biochemist um, in her former life, and now she's a winemaker. Um, she's kind of a one-woman show, um, and she also loves red wines, not white wines. She doesn't make a ton of white wines. And, you know, given um, life changes, career changes, all of that, I really respect folks that can just reinvent themselves. And I never thought of myself as that type of person. I never Mm -hmm. thought I was like, wow, I had merit. Look at those people. They're doing that. I am, I went to college. I did this job and I'm really good at this job. And I just stay in this box kind of thing. I never thought that I would be this type of person. So also, um, with the red, red grapes being affected by fires, um, she had to look elsewhere, kind of reinvent herself just within that same career and look to doing a white blend, which she has never done before. So, and I love acid. So yeah, this is why this wine is here. Um, the flavor profile, not the drug. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes. Flavor profile. I mean, by all means, I mean, enjoy the drug. <laughs> Um, and a little bit about me is that, like I said, I'm in, I work full time in the healthcare industry. So I'm in healthcare, um, doing relationship management. I do that full time. 
um, I guess 40 hours a week. I mean, we'll see. Um, and <laughs> the rest of the time I do wine things. When I have these conversations and talk to people, they're like, whoa, you work full time doing something completely different. Yeah. Um, really, my love of wine, you know, started years ago, but my really curiosity of natural wine started in February 2020. So pre-pandemic, but really came alive during the pandemic because I couldn't go wine tasting like I love to do. So I was getting wine shipped to my home, taking pictures, and because I didn't have people to talk to, I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of catalog my wines. And then that really grew from there. Mm. I had a friend in the wine industry um, hooked me up, say, hey, try this natural wine producer, try these producers. And that kind of started the spiral that is and the name nod wines really came out of nod which is a nickname and i like wine and i put it together and now people are like hey you're nod wines and i'm like i guess it's one name altogether now so what so what has that <laughs> been like because you know again you you really kind of build this following during a time when you couldn't be out yeah and admittedly like i get this to a certain degree like i've i've had these interactions we've talked about this on the podcast before but i don't i don't have a brand necessarily tied to my name right like sometimes we get the good bottle thing you used like, to you used to be captain drew well that's true yeah it's been a, it's been a long time gone but i i feel like that was big enough that sure it, like held sure on. and we can get into that a different day this actually like this has been referenced like multiple times today so it's really weird that I'm you bring so that curious. up well i used to be the um the captain morgan ambassador for northern california you know what i was like did you have your leg up and everything yeah no <laughs> like, you know no. what okay so first of all yes this was a real job that i got paid for which is ridiculous at the time that i was doing this this was after brent Selleck from the eagles had done that that celebration on like Sunday night football. Like it was huge when he did the captain's knee thing. Um, when I got involved, it was actively discouraged by Diageo. They did oh. not want people doing the lays, the raised knee thing, which oh, is so sad. I they mean, were trying to like class themselves up or something. I, I mean, who's, who's to say, I mean, anytime that you would ask a question in in my position, it was like, yeah, but you know, captain's a party. You're like, that is not at all what I said. Like I, that doesn't even make sense <laughs> for an answer. Um, but it also led me down the path that I went in terms of like really falling in love with rum and, and things like that. Um, now let's move this back off of me cause we don't care. Um, <laughs> but like with, with nod wines, like now you're going to wineries, you're doing events like, I mean, obviously, like I came to one of your events because yeah. it was you. And I was just like, like, well, I finally get to meet this person. I've never been here before. And my wife always wants to drink wine. So let's go do Perfect. this. Um, what's the experience been like to have someone come up to you and say, like, you're not wines. Like, what is that like for you? Um, it's really humbling, actually, because I look at them like, oh, my gosh, you really pay attention. I mean, they'll ask me things about wedding planning, about my family. Um, they know my dog's names, which is really cute. Um, <laughs> but then also we'll have real conversations because, hey, you know, I didn't know much about wine or I'll put I'll I felt intimidated asking mm. questions about wine, but some of the stuff you put together that you write makes it so manageable for me to learn, to not be shy, to try new things. Mm. Um, and I love that. I love that. I mean, there's been people that DM, like I actually answer most of my DMs if they're not weird and creepy. Um, but people ask me, hey, 
I'm planning a birthday party for my friend. I want to go wine tasting. I think I want to go to Sonoma, maybe Napa. I don't know. And I'll write a whole itinerary for them. Like, hey, yeah, go here, here, have lunch here, but then be careful of driving here. And it's just me talking to friends. I think that's how I respond to my DMs. It's like I'm talking to all my friends. And then later they'll come to my events and be like, oh my gosh, my mom had a great time. And I look at them, I'm like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, and they'll say their Instagram name. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because sometimes I'm not paying attention who I'm talking to and I'm not selective on who I answer. It's just kind of like, yeah, let's have a conversation about wine or other things. Well, I think that's, I mean, that happens with us with the podcast, right? Where we talk about things and you have these amazing conversations and then people will bring them up to us after the fact. And you're like, yeah. Like, I don't remember at all any of the things that I said, you know, and, and I feel bad because, you know, some of our buddies are really good about listening and then responding to things. And there's always like a couple of minutes where I'm like, wait, what did we talk about? Yeah. And Drew and I are absolutely the worst. Like once it comes out of our mouths, it's gone. Yeah. I I mean, and I think, and I think, you know, again, another, another change that has been with this podcast is that we we're we're typically recording them anywhere from you know, a week to like half a week out. So, you know, it, it's actually made it better because then we do listen to them again. Uh-huh. But most of the time we still kind of don't because I think there's a weirdness about listening to your own voice. Like yeah. it's really kind of hard to I'm do. The same way. Yeah. As, ego- as egotistical as both of us are, like we're not that far. If you, if you enjoy listening to the sound of your own voice, literally, yeah, you're a fucking sociopath. Well, I, you it, have to be. Yeah, and yeah. I think, and I think there's also um, the reason that when we do listen to it is because like we think there's going to be a concern with the audio, mm-hmm. and then we're trying to figure out like how much is this going to bother people because both of us are avid podcast listeners outside of this one, obviously, and it's like it's like okay, during let's say like Bryant's episode, you know, so it's like man, he had a lot of feedback. Like, is this going to drive people away from it? And it ended up being a really like high listen to episode, which was, which was awesome. So I yeah. think we're, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people still had a lot of trouble with it. But well, yeah, it wasn't perfect. And you know, and eventually okay. we'll, we'll buy more. Bryant new headphones and, <laughs> uh, and then we'll redo it. Yeah. It's fine. But, but yes. okay. So now, so now most importantly, um, you're in a busy bar and someone approaches you with non-alcoholic spirits. Are you taking a sample? No, I mean, that just screams calories to me. <laughs> I, I I just don't see the point. I mean, I drink coffee, I drink water, yeah. occasionally tea, and I drink alcohol. I just there's not really room for other things. I just so I'm either tired, hydrated, or drunk. I mean, either way. Right? Hey, man, that's, that's the only way to live. <laughs> the The reason I bring it up is, and this actually does call back to my Captain Morgan day, so it's kind of great that this was brought up already. But um, a former colleague of mine was doing a promo this weekend. And she was in a very popular spot and she was walking around with Seedlip. And Seedlip is a non-alcoholic spirit. And I just was like, what is the reaction that you're getting to this? Like at a popular spot on a Saturday night where typically a younger crowd who is looking to have a good time. She's like, it's not what I'm used to. And I was like, are people telling you just to F right off? Because like, <laughs> like they're, they're like, like usually the response is what's the point. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. And I just, uh, I was just cracking up to, to be like, you know, I am totally pro low, no alcohol cocktails, but why would you send a promo model out with samples of distilled water? So Chris, would you take a non-alcoholic? Absolutely. Like now or even back then? 
what's back then? Back then is like you being a child, not like a grown old man, but like you know. Well, you if being I was 22, a child, 22, I never, 22, I never 22. set foot 22. in. A, oh, good, twenty two. I had spent at least five years in bars by the time I was twenty two. Right. So, would you take yeah. one then? Yeah, definitely. Why? Uh, uh, because I am a fucking nerd, and I like to experience all the things, even if I'm immediately about to turn around and shit on it. Uh, and you know, and C Lip, uh, I have come to learn some of the value thereof. Uh, I have found, in my opinion, um, some alternatives to that alternative that I prefer. Yeah, liars uh, all day. yeah, liars. I really like. Uh, I also love the fact that they lean into the name that they're liars. I like a mass. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big thing for me. Is it's like you know you're being a liar. You know what it is. Now I do yeah, have liars. a problem. So it's but. so it's L Y R E okay. named after the lyre bird, which yeah. imitates uh, the sound that it hears to ward off predators. I do. That's I do. Really creative. It's a very creative. Yeah, and it's yeah, got yeah, good yeah. packaging. I have I have mm-hmm. the liars gin, and um. So do you, baby? And it's <laughs> and the the reason <laughs> that was an I, I, I I don't. <laughs> The only issue that I ever have with any type of non-alcoholic quote unquote spirit is that when it positions itself as like a fully alternative option and it's right. just, and it's just not like, yeah, it is, it is definitely something to have in your hand. If you want to be, you know, if you want to be out and like having those different things, but I think the problem is, is that, you know, some of these non-alcoholic spirits are priced as if they are alcoholic spirits. Ah. Well, I, I think, I think that the, the labor involved and technology involved in creating them could necessitate some of that price. I I don't actually know that to be true, but I I can imagine it being so right. Like if you're distilling water, it's the same as distilling booze. Maybe not the same, but it's, it's similar. Yeah. Right. You still got to fire up that still, you still got to pull off enough shit that like fills up a bottle. Yeah. That is flavorful enough. I don't don't know what technology tech, with like the technique requires, but yeah. I was gonna say, do they taste like the actual? So no, like no. So the here's the thing. Well, I, how do, I how enjoy. Do feel, well, how do you feel about like like a diet coke versus a coke? Like you, like you know, um, there's a, a good difference. question. Yeah, that's a good question. There, there, there's yeah. a difference. It's like yeah. it's like, like yeah. you don't necessarily hate it, right? You know, but, but you know what like, it is. But you're you're kind of okay. like you're yeah. like you're like this okay. isn't coke. Yeah, like this is this is diet coke. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset. Right, but right, I also right. am kind of like, these are not the same. Why did I just pay fourteen dollars for this? I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell you where no one has landed, uh, like no one has been able to like do it, you know, like come to market with anything that seems even likely would be like bourbon, no tequila. No one's even tried vodka for obvious reasons. That'd be funny. No, no, just be like a bottle of water. <laughs> I had a vodka this week that I a non-alcoholic to. vodka. No, no, no. Oh, it was, okay, no, no, good. Because it's like, right, thank God. So, <laughs> so, so Chris and I always fight over over vodka because like he has a tremendous amount of respect for it, and I have zero. And um, but I had one this week that was a hundred percent corn base, and it was from Nick's Taco in Roseville, and they legitimately created a neutral spirit. That had a little bit of mouthfeel and body on the on the uh, finish. That I was like, I was like, this is interesting, huh? Like it, it truly tasted 
like nothing, which is what you're trying to do. No, that's what Americans are trying to do. With vodka? Yes. Yeah, they are trying to sell it. Again, you're not good at business. They are trying to sell this. So, um, <laughs> but they created this vodka that, like, I was I was really impressed because they're very early on in the process. And, you know, and to their credit, when I talked to their, you know, distiller Petuccio about it, he was like, he's like, yeah, I just don't know if I can, like, hopefully I can do it again. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking respect, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> great. it's so crazy. So like, yeah, like, like, I feel like I nailed it, but like, I don't know if I can do it again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'll bring it into you. They did, they did a really good job. And, you know, uh, we talk a lot about, people getting into this industry and starting off and, you know, sometimes it's kind of rough starts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And whether it is production, whether it's writing blogs about it, like, you know, kind of figuring out your place in, yeah. in, in this industry and like, where, where are you going to go from here? So I, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll bring that in for you to try. It's called like Amelia. I want to say is the name of it. Um, but it's out of Nick's taco in Roseville, California. So if you guys haven't gone out there, it's um, first of all, like the, Tacos are super. They fun. got a Michelin nod. They did get a Michelin nod. Oh, yeah, um, okay. yeah. So it was like it was really hard to go there for a long time because it was like lines out the door every you know every day. Um, it's and then they also got a uh, they got a they had an article written about them from the SF Eater and I think oh tight that was like in a uh, like a honestly that probably did more for them than, than I, Michelin I totally but yeah, yeah, yeah I totally think it did. Um, oh thank so, you madam. I appreciate uh, the poor. See, she's so good at this. She's even doing it in the. And in the she has side. the like the the twist at the end too. I do it at home solid too. solid I service. Empty glasses in front of me. I'm always like, ooh, anxiety. Let me open up more bottles. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Um, definitely okay with that. <laughs> it's the best part about recording in person. I know. And we I, all get to drink the same thing too. Yeah. We're drinking all the same thing. Nice. And, and I was thinking back to like our early episodes where we had so, so so now what we would do, is, I would come in. And I would always provide the bottle mm -hmm. and I wouldn't pull the bottle out until we got to the drinking portion of it. So there was always okay. like a reaction from Chris, which was, <laughs> which was always fun. Like that was like a, a cool part that we haven't been able to do. It was a do. little, a little shtick. We should bring that back maybe once or twice. It'd well, be I, fun. Think it, I think I mean, we're, we'll, we'll see how this podcast sounds, you know, and then yeah. how much our wives respond to us being out much later than we normally are. <laughs> um, this but, is still uh, earlier. That's true, because we do record much later, yeah. which you are aware of as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, but it was it was a fun kind of thing to do. But to now to be able to have those conversations, like, oh yeah, this is really great. So, you know, to kind of go back to what you were talking about with this wine in particular, you can almost tell it was a red enthusiast who made this wine mm -hmm. because yeah. there's a ton of body to it. Yeah, and it really kind of like like oh, I need to go back to that, which is why we needed our glasses refilled. You it's know? very savory that way. You're like, yeah, need more. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then there's, there's obviously a very, there's uh there's an orange hue to it. So as our listeners know, like I'm a huge fan of amber wines and orange wines. And so it's, uh, it's definitely pulling on that as well, where it just, it just keeps you coming back. The bottle is beautiful. Lots of bright colors. Um, something that even it looks like your buttons, it does look like my buttons. <laughs> On my soundboard yeah, so for all like, those who are listening. Because at first I was, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm wearing a T-shirt. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's cool to to be able to share this stuff and to, you know, actually reflect on it and, yeah. and all these different things. So now for you over over the past year, like I said, like 
we rocket strapped you. We're just gonna take credit now. We're doing that. That's how we're referring to it now. It was just like you know you were you were going. We saw it. and We're kind of like this is, um, this is the plutonium that you need. We're giving it to you. Thank you. You know Thank you, you don't much. have to. You're welcome. What is who did Doc Brown steal it from? Like the was it the Syrians or the Iranians? It was, in uh, oh, damn it, the plutonium. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I want to I want to say it's the Syrians, but yeah. I mean, it was something not progressive. Someone's gonna be uh, really mad yeah, at someone's us. Someone's gonna yeah, they're gonna be mad at us. That's okay. Uh, so we rocket strap you. You um, have a life changing event, marrying super attractive guy again. I don't know what I want to keep harping on. This what are we? What are we gonna call him? We call him uh, Mr. Hunk. I don't He's got to have a name. I can't. What did you call him when you were dating? Uh, I mean, called him by his name. No, no. What did you call him to your friends before he had a name? Um, I don't know if that can be revealed. Oh. oh. <laughs> What's up, Long Duck Schlong? This fucking <laughs> podcast just took a turn. Like, no. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So you, so you know, you go through that monumental life change. All yeah. of us are are married here, so we've we've been through that. We understand kind of yeah. like it's completely different, but it's not different at all. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but for the wine business. You know, would so let's say like your your tastings that you're doing in Southern California, like how do those come about? Like if someone's just kind of like it's like wow, like this, you know, Nadia went out and did this. Like like how how do I do that? Like I mean, what do you think the steps were that got you to a point where you're like the only place and you said this before we started recording, so I want to make sure that people hear this. Like the yeah. only place that you can rest is when you're flying to the next location. Yeah. Which I think is like the most baller shit time. ever. <laughs> so so how did you like, you know, what were some of the things that have transpired, you know, really over the last 10 months? I mean, obviously it's been a lot yeah. longer than that, but do you feel like there was a catalyst or there was like one thing that you're kind of like, okay, if you really give a shit about this and you're mm-hmm. working a full-time job, which a lot of people are yeah, not working in this totally dope industry, what, what was it for you or what do you think it was? Um, You know, a lot of people talk about authenticity and you like see people in interviews and talking about that. And I feel like, I mean, really, that's what it is. It's weird because even like I talk to my husband, I talk to my friends, like, honestly, you're our friend that has this, all this energy and you'll talk to everybody. No one's a stranger. And you hear that, but I never, I guess, qualified myself as one of those people. Um, But I guess I am. I mean, that's where I am. I will talk to people. I will. I think when I first started getting into wine, I loved wine tasting. I'm like, this is my favorite hobby. Now it's no longer really a hobby because now it's work, um, work that I love. But I was always asking a ton of questions, having a conversation with anybody, anybody that'll listen. I feel like one of my friends are like, oh, you're like a salesman for anything that you really actually really love. Mm. Um, Whether that be a skincare product, whether that be wine. And I guess I just really leaned into wine it's well, something and that you brings did, folks together you did some clothing as well yeah at one point and so you put out like a code to be like hey mm-hmm. buy buy some of this clothing and makeup and yeah. makeup and and it was around christmas time uh-huh and i tried to do it and i just did not understand clothes so like i was like i was like i was like trying to support you by using your link but i was like i was like i was like this all seems very overwhelming <laughs> like um and I didn't want to text you, but like, I'm trying to buy my wife this. Like, uh, that is so it, funny. That's really sweet. But I did, but I did, I did. But I, I, I love the fact that you brought up authenticity. And I know it's genuine because when you're talking about people approaching you, they're not just talking to you about wine. Mm-hmm. They're talking to you about the dogs. They're talking to you about 
your husband and yeah. the wedding process stuff, which means they are truly paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that was part of it. Cause I'm like, this is, I always teetered along. Like, I don't want to share too much about my other life. Cause I think people are only following me for the wine. People are like, no, I think people, people can buy wine and follow a whole bunch of people buy wine from anywhere, follow a whole bunch of th things about wine. You can go Google wine. You don't have to be on Instagram tapped into somebody's life to learn yeah. about wine. So when it came to like that, I was like, Oh, there are things about my life that I just think are just regular things about me that I guess, aren't so regular because they are motivating to other people, mm -hmm. um, whether that's um, for the little run or the long run. Right. And I think that part is what like warms me and kind of keeps me going. Even before I came here, I was like, oh, sorry, I'm going to be late because I have to work out. And that's something that I stick to. I have to. Yeah. Um, and so I did that before I get to do my fun. But then after I did my day job. And so it's juggling. I was also super supportive, by the way. I just <laughs> want to put that out. I was like, it's okay to be late. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, but it's, I think it's juggling all of these things because I want all of these things, mm -hmm. right? I want my health. I want, um, these relationships in my life. I want to do wine, but I know I also have a job that pays me. Right. And right. that pays me the most. Right. And you have to, you have to stick with it. So I think this journey that I've been on has been, I keep saying, Oh, I'm exploring for my next thing that I want to do on wine. I don't know what I want to do on wine. And then I actually sit here and talk to you both. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm doing it. I talk about this whole, like I'm exploring and all of that, but I was just in Paso Robles last week. And I don't know, some people recognized me there from there. And I was like, I've never even been here. That's either. such a weird feeling, isn't it? When yeah. like people who you don't know recognize yeah. you. Yeah. And they'll like call you by name or, you know, by your handle or whatever. Yeah. yeah it's very disorienting, isn't it? It is because so Nod is a family nickname. And so really only my best friends call me, my grandma, my late grandmother, um, started the nickname when I was a small child. But my family, my close friends, my husband, they call me Nod. So for that to be like a name that like total strangers call me or people recognize me as, um, it's it's weird, but the, at the same time, it feels so close and personal. Um, so in that way, it's less formal than if someone was to call me Nadia. Okay, so how does Sir Hong Salat feel about this? Because <laughs> that's a great name. So I applaud this, Sir Hong Salat, and I one hundred percent. And I, I raise a glass to you, sir. I ask this question well because you know, Chris and I are 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 married to the two most incredible women who deal with our bullshit all the time. <laughs> And have been in situations where we do get the rec, you know, the recognition, and they're like, "God damn it, not again!" You uh -huh. know. So how has Sir Hunks a lot been with that? Um, honestly, he always says he's really proud of me. Oh, um, and he's like, "Wow, hear that, so wives!" Cool. I mean, at the same time, <laughs> he's drinking a lot of free wine, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> to be uh, fair, so to be fair, my my wife comes from the industry in this town, and she's far more of a badass of the industry in this town than I am. Oh yeah, she, yeah. I, I mean, she's won many awards and has been written up many times. Yeah, she actually uh, shut down a conversation that we were having last night, which was really funny, like via text. And it was yeah, just, like, she was like, like, like "No, she, you guys are done." Yeah, she's like, "You guys are talking. <laughs> you guys like, you guys get each other tomorrow." And I was like, "Okay." Like, you know, uh, and 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 to be fair there's been a few times where even my wife has been like it's like you know i don't like i sometimes like the fact that we get x and y treatment because of this i'm like you're goddamn right you do you yeah. know like it's nice it's, it's you know nice. yeah. and it, i mean and how cool is it that you have literally taken this from just like this idea 
Yeah. To kind of be like, I just care about this. Yeah. And now it's paying dividends in really weird ways of whether that is free wine recognition, you know, the fact that someone's willing to give you money to talk about their wine. Like that's yeah. wild, you know? And yeah, no, it is. It's weird to take like, Oh, I love wine tasting. Um, and I would, I go to wine tasting because I would look for new wineries to go to. And now people are like, hi, we'll come pay you to come, come build a flight and come yeah. wine taste and bring people here. And I'm like, whoa, like this is like stuff that dreams are made out of, like yeah. wine and talking. So I, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to interrupt Drew here. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, relatively serious question, I suppose, but it, it's been sort of weighing on my mind because of something that Drew and I talked about offline. Uh, I was totally about to answer, ask the same question okay. just for the record. I already know where you're going. Okay. Uh, and as being a black woman in not just the wine industry, but the natural wine yeah. sector of the industry, what's that experience like? Like, do you, do you feel like you are, um, introducing people to somebody new do you feel like you're allowing people to feel okay about consuming something like what what is your experience through that lens yeah i mean there's very few of us so when i do see one another one of me on instagram I'm like oh hey, hey so but no it I guess I, yeah, I feel like I am introducing people to something new. I think um, I've had some friends that really tell me, you know, other women of color, other people of color, other black women, really, that, I mean, really successful careers, love to buy wine, don't know what to buy, don't know what's in their wine, mm. um, or maybe look at it from a point of view that they only drink a certain type of wine because that's all they know, you know, whether that be culturally a lot of you know black people drink sweet wine mm -hmm. or some people go on the complete opposite and cab is all they know we're in california you know big red wines and all of that and i'm like you know there's so much more in between and i actually don't drink either of those things um so to really introduce people to something new to talk about it to share stories um like tessier like other winemakers in between it's like colliding worlds almost right. right um so the consumer and then also the producers that i get to know so well and i've built really cool relationships with putting that together and selling their product without even selling it i guess without even meaning to sell it hmm. um is something that's i think really special and um, i think a lot of the winemakers that I work with, I even look at them. I'm like, you're underselling yourself. Oh my gosh, you have this really cool story. <laughs> and they're like, you know, I just, I just make the wine and I do this, but then they're like, that's why we have you. And I just, I, I never really thought of myself as that liaison or that catalyst to really kind of bring those worlds together. Well, it's funny because the way you talk about yourself, right. Is mm -hmm. like, well, I'm just, I'm just telling my story. Uh -huh. You know, we're just, I'm just doing this. So, and then all of a sudden people know your dog's name. <laughs> they know about your husband. They know about you. They know about Sir your Hunks move. A lot, Sir, Sir Hunks a lot. Yeah. As uh, he shall be known. Yeah. Here, here to four. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, I, I do think it's a really, you know, important conversation because that has been the growing, um, you know, conversation within our industry. Like we have some colleagues just in the past, three weeks, um, you know, someone that we have a tremendous amount of respect for is just Ashton Berry. And I'll say like, I don't always agree with everything that she actually says, but like she has a perspective and she has an experience in this industry for a long time where she's talking about what the natural wine market has been. Mm -hmm. And 
when I read a lot of her comments, I just was like, my association, and really the person who kind of, you know, there's two people who busted down the door for, for natural wine for me. And it was you, and it was Noel Brockett from, from Georgian Winehouse, right? Where it destigmatized a lot of wine. And then it kind of started this, uh, you know, this journey for myself where I was like, like, okay, I'm trying this, I'm trying that. I'm like, wow, some of this stuff really sucks. And then yeah. some of this stuff is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, anecdotal evidence should never be given too much weight, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody's experience is different and things like that. But, but I do think it's, it's interesting to talk about because then, you know, if you think about, you know, like the Psalm movies that come yeah. out and, and now I feel terrible, but like, there was such a huge, it was like, when there's, Oh, there's a black Psalm. Like, Oh my God, there's a black Psalm or with our friend Tesh, who is, and you know, what is it? In Indian Fijian. Cause yep. he's, and yep. he was just like, he's like, I'm the only Psalm that has that <laughs> moniker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is like, it's like, Oh my God, he's in Sacramento. Like this, wow, like yeah, that's yeah. crazy, you know? And it's just like, in, you know, and Tesh is one of our favorite people in the entire world, you know? Yeah. That's goddamn but, right. And I'll, it's, I'll and fucking it, go to blows for that motherfucker. But it is, but it is something that he encounters all the time where it's just kind of like, like, yes, I do know about this wine, yeah. you know? And I don't, I mean, I, and I don't know, like, I guess, I guess my perception and in, in why I was so thrown off by some of the things that Ashton said was like, it felt like the community of natural wine trended towards more progressive like that just like it doesn't matter at all what the color skin is like it's just like oh we're just into cool shit you know whereas like from tesh's side working at a michelin star restaurant and things like that where you have this older white money where it can be like yeah i'm your song like no no bring the real song over and he's Mm -hmm. like yeah the button's right there you know like that was a different experience for him so i mean i guess relatively like you're still in the earlier part because it's really only been since 2020 but still like you're you're championing for this stuff and i i mean again i think this is also fresh for us i don't know if you're aware yeah. of the things that ashton said or any of those that stuff but we i, I think it would be uh, a disservice not to talk about it because our experience with you is like that again you're one of the reasons i'm into natural wine Yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate that. I think when I look at the natural wine world, I mean, I do see the whole, you know, guys with mustaches. There's this whole, like, image, right? There's natural wine bros? There are. God damn it. There are. fucking everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Mezcal bros, natural wine bros, (laughs) cocktail bros. We were in everything. It's a white world, baby. Yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. It's frustrating. It's there, right? Right, they're there. Um, but I think what I tried, I think it's the same kind of thing. Like I also grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Also, mm. I grew up in a suburb here in Sacramento and I, I guess I always fell in this, you know, being biracial too. I never felt, so I'm half Filipino or mm-hmm. I don't want to say half. I always say I'm Filipino and I'm black. Yeah. Um, but I look at that and I'm like, I just always was me, I think. Yeah. And I always just came in being me and I was friends with whoever wanted to be friends with me and they were cool. I never kind of selected things like that. I guess I'm, you know, you go, I don't know, you go into the professional world and you have to have corporate and you do all that. And I feel like I'm back to the, I'm just me type of thing when I go to natural wine. So it's almost like this homecoming feeling. Yeah. Um, and seeing all the people and like also the different age ranges, like some of my Mm. events in LA, I'll have people that are 21 years old. 
just getting into wine and this is the only type of wine that they know which i think is also cool like that's, that's all they know oh that's right? awesome right. i love it and so yeah. the world that they think about of wine isn't what we're all trying to defy against right but then i also have like folks my parents age that come to my events and they're like hey i'm making wine in my backyard and i saw you on instagram and here's my card so when we finally make it if we finish it can we send you samples and i'm like yeah, sure. And talking to them about their experience of learning, wrapping their heads around like what orange wine is and moving away from all they knew was like a cab and a steak. Even have those conversations with my dad. I think it's a really cool way. It's a world that's just really opened up um, that I'm sure other industries have maybe these awakenings too. But I think in this way i don't know wine goes with food everyone drinks everybody drinks wine to me anyways everyone eats food and so there's this community around it that i don't know touches all ages to me i think what's really funny maybe not funny interesting about about what you're saying is that in my experience as a bartender um in the last six seven years uh you know my experience is like 21 year olds were coming into the bar and asking for old fashions they were asking for sazeracs they weren't asking for lemon drops they weren't asking for tokyo teas or at least less often right and so and and they were coming in on their birthday like this was their introductory quote unquote yeah (laughs) yeah drink that they wanted as their like this is this is how I am shedding my youthful skin and I am entering the adult world of booze consumption. Oh, is I want this to be the thing, right? <laughs> like thinking about my twenty first birthday. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, Dog, right? my mine was with like shitty margaritas and coarse lights, so and yeah. I could barely hold we played, a pool we skin. We played baseball on a minor league baseball field and we had like cakes at each base. That's, like, that's fantastic. Ciroc had just lovely. come out, so I had everyone drinking Ciroc and like natty ice. Like that's like that's we're classy individuals. That's what we've got. Yeah, but it's just such a different world, right? Yeah. Like people are consuming things. And I think that's that's something that Drew and I have touched on multiple times and has been sort of like this uh, sub-theme of this entire podcast, which is the people who are consuming now give a fuck about what they're consuming. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, yep. and they care about not just what they're consuming, but how they're consuming it and who's producing it and how they're producing it. Yeah. And, and the culture that's involved in that, it's not, it's not simply just like a, Hey, there's a label. I know it was on a commercial. Let me toss it down my throat. I think there we're going to end up in the next few years, if not already having this major culture clash within America that this a culture clash in America. You are telling me something very strange right now. That's not relatable at all. (laughs) People, people won't know how to deal with it because they're coming from two entirely different perspectives of reality. Okay, so let's before we move on to our top stories, I want to bridge the gap for this culture war that's coming. We're not going to be able to. But um, someone asked you, what's orange wine? What's your, what's your response to that? It is a white wine made like a red wine. So, and when people are like, oh, how's wine made? That's typically the follow-up question. Um, You take white grapes um, and you, instead of in the classical like way of making wine, you press them off the juices and ferment the juice. Um, You leave the skin 
in contact with the juice that's fermenting. So that's why orange wines will be like skin contact wines, um, orange wines, skin fermented. You'll hear those different, and that's what gives the color. So the skins um, give that color, that texture, um, that tannin that otherwise wouldn't be in white wine. That's a great answer. And now I think it's time for our opinions on news stories that we've heard from reputable sources. Okay, so what we're gonna talk about first and uh, what I was really excited about to talk with you is hybrid grapes. Mm -hmm. So right now, whether you read a little, whether you read a lot, everybody is aware of climate change. Yeah. Um, we've had record lows in yield production from France over the past two years. Uh, we have places that were known for colder weather wines that are now warm weather wines and warm weather wines that are now hot weather wines. And what is started to happen is like this inclusion of, you know, the scientific process in terms of like grapes adapting. Right now, in some in some situations, you have you have people that are um, bringing to bring to the forefront like their own manipulation of these hybrid grapes. In other situations, there's people are saying like, "Hey, you just need to let grapes adapt as is mm -hmm. and let things happen." So, and that's basically what the article was about: was different hybrid grapes, how they're affecting, and then also changing your perception of maybe what these grapes are going to end up being moving forward. So with that being said, and, and especially with your interest, Nadia, in, in natural wine and kind of letting things go, like from your perspective, do you, you. it's made great background noise. Just, <laughs> here comes the wine, all of it. Um, would you like to see more, kind of man-made hybrid grapes to accelerate that process or do you want to see it unfold naturally and then we you know i guess the the worry there is like well you might lose some fields you know to, yeah. to 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 climate change what do you what do you think what's funny is that so the wine scene did a story we did a story about kind of hybrid grapes and kind of a specific hybrid grape um up in the finger lakes and that what i think was last issue um and i still have not tried a wine that is made out of hybrid grapes i still haven't um and i really want to but i think it's an interesting way because also you're you're building up like um disease resistant um disease resistant grapes um on one end um and then one end you're like engineering it so this is yeah. cross between like yeah. okay is that natural is it not i mean technically it's man-made so it's not but then once it starts to kind of um do its own thing then is it it's this in between that i mean it's hard. I haven't tried them, so I'd love to try them. So if they're just as good, I mean, it's wine. We have right? a, we have this we have this growing list of things that we need to try. Like yeah. the other one was a couple of weeks ago. We did the um, the, the uh, sparkling wine being aged underwater, which I don't know if you've heard of. No. Oh, guess who's not what? listening to the podcast despite being a rude. Guest. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Chris <laughs> isn't paying attention to your Instagram. I'm trying to do everything, so it's it's fine. You can just do it for me. Um, Sounds great. But. Uh, but I, I think that's that's such an interesting point because you're kind of like like all right well, there is a natural progression to things right right, and it's not like we're we're trying to develop sustenance off of wine grapes. That's not right. what we're trying to do. However, it's like 
you see things to be like, like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it this way. So I, I have an example of um, a winery in the Republic of Georgia, uh-huh. right? And it's called Story Winery. And what they did was when they built their winery in the 2010s, early 2010s, okay, they built it at a much higher elevation than all of the other wineries, mm, okay, right? Because they were a bunch of scientists that started this started this winery, and they were like, "We're going to build it here because temperatures are going to continue to rise, and we're going to be in a much better place than a mm. lot of people in the valley." Because now they're dealing with temperatures that are way too high. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like, we're good now. Like, we're like, it was a little cold, but we can still do it. And I just think it's like, okay, well, now does that make it unnatural that they did apply some science to the thought process, even though now they're not intervening with grapes or not doing any of that stuff? And I just think that's like, okay, well, we're. Where are the lines? And there's no governing body for this stuff. There isn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all, again, a perception thing and what people, and I know some people are really dogmatic about it. Um, But I mean, in that instance, I think they just were smart also. Because I mean, it's also a business. We have to look at it like that. Right. And that was one thing we we were talking about that earlier. Right. Yeah. Is that there's this huge romantic side to, to all spirits. And this is something we've touched on the, on the, the podcast before, but like, you know, the things that you're doing right now are are awesome mm-hmm. and they're valuable and you should be compensated as such mm-hmm. right that doesn't take away from the fact that you love this stuff right you know right. cuz you're kind of like you're like you're like yeah no this is great i want to go to la like i don't necessarily want to pay for all these things right you know right. and i think that is one problem that we have in this industry just in general because there's a lot of people who are driven by passion and they they don't take that extra step to be like, oh, I should also be compensated for this. But does that change in like the car industry, right? Like there, there are people who love cars, mm-hmm. who travel and talk about cars, who design cars, right? And they get paid copious dollars yeah. well, no, that's, to do such. But that's but that's what I'm saying. And I, and I think the and and what I like about having Nadia back on this podcast is that like we're 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 catching her at two different points in her career in a relatively short amount of time. Right. Yeah. We're just going to project her to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> we'll take our 5% like no, or whatever. But I just think that it's, it's important to, to talk about because it's like, you know, when you're, when you're looking at these hybrid grapes, like they're doing it to keep this business going. Well, I think, I think an unspoken, or lesser known part of hybrid grapes because we're going to end up with eventually this story will make it mainstream and then people are going to start talking about GMOs, right? But muscadine is a popular grape and has been around since second century AD and that's a hybrid grape. Whereas mm-hmm. where, where do you typically see muscadine? Where? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, because like I mean, I've never it, heard of muscadine before. So like for our listeners, like where, where would someone come? You're gonna find it in the Middle East. You're gonna find it in California. Okay, it's a blended grape. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not calling you out. I'm just trying to. We're doing this for the listeners, and I'm answering you, baby. <laughs> okay, so that's but that's a that's a hybrid grape, mm-hmm. kind of a similar situation where it was like, hey, we need to. Yeah, th- need to there's history going. here. I I think my 
my issue with projecting my defense mechanisms on people who who are going to ultimately become offended by the fact that they're like hybrid grapes is that this is not something new, right? Like we have been cutting and splicing vines forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We've been producing fruit, whether it be certain pears, certain apples, right, in this way, by taking two of them, cutting them in half, putting them together, grafting them together. Like, this is not something crazy molecular, right? Like, this is just simply just taking two things. This is farming. This is just farming. This is is agriculture at its purest form. Okay, so I... I think that's that's very true, and that's definitely how people should look at it. Now, we do currently live in an environment, and I don't want to get into a political form, but like, there's a lot of people who participate in natural wine that don't necessarily have a deep understanding of wine. Right? Sure, but uh, so, 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 you could so, just so, say so, so this is me. like biodynamic, right? No, but I'm, right. But what I'm saying is kind of like so. When you have a group of individuals younger than us, okay, mm-hmm. we're all obviously we're, all very we're very old. We're very we're very understanding. I'm gonna say that understanding. That's that, what I'm gonna that, call that, myself now. Yeah, that there's that there's things that that you're trying to convey to a younger a younger audience, and they're kind of like, well, it it almost feels like sometimes, and whether it's more serious political issues or just even the rum debate. You know, it's like my history of Barbados rum. I believe it goes back 60 years because that's when Richard Seal started making rum. And this is how you make rum. It's just like, okay, well, Barbados rum goes back much further than the Seal family. Right. And, and all these different things. And, and, and Nadia, you're probably the most, you're, you're not probably, you are the most appropriate person to to answer this question because you are doing wine tastings with a younger crowd. Do you find and God, this sounds awful. Oh my God. I like that you're pausing yourself. This is good. <laughs> well, Self-editorializing. I had, I, had I, I had a vicious recall <coughs> of sitting in on a rum uh, meeting uh, with with Martin Kate here in Sacramento. What was that, five, six years ago when he came for, for Sacramento Cocktail Week? Yeah, fuck, yeah. And there was, uh, there was two, or there was a group of rum enthusiasts, tiki enthusiasts in the front that they were like, do the younger generation get it? You're like, and I just kind of was like, and that has haunted me since then because it was such a terrible <laughs> question, right? Like, uh, oh, oh my yeah. god, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and so, and I just was like, I was, I was like, oh my god, I'm them now. Where's, where's my Aloha shirt? Um, but you're wearing a very furry hoodie, furry hoodie, zip up my, hoodie, in my celebrity free agave shirt. Yeah. So, well, celebrity agave free. We need to change the language on that. It, regardless, continue. Either way, we can do it. Um, so when you're, when you do have this like very diverse group of, of drinkers, like, do you, do you feel like a younger generation is more dogmatic, older generation dogmatic, mid thirties dogmatic? Because you did mention that there is a dogmatic group of natural wine drinkers. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to just, you know, group people into one like specific group, but like, do you feel like it's younger, older? What's been your experience so far? You know what? I think with the consumers, I've seen more of the younger and then more with like the makers industry folks. It's kind of like right in the middle. 
Mm. Um, because it just really depends on where they're at in their natural wine journey and how long natural wine has been around to them, right? You go to some folks and are like, oh, that's natural wine. That's just how I know wine, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. um, even like, so I was in pasta last week and I'm talking to these different producers and I just thought, you know, it's very hot Rome varieties. Like there's not probably not going to be a ton of natural wine here. Um but talking to these people, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I use native yeast fermentation. I don't add anything. I do this, no fining, no filtering. And I'm talking to them. And in my head, I'm like, you make natural wine. But you don't right? call it that. They don't call it that. Right. And they also said they were like, oh, well, we add some sulfur, so we're not natural. Right. And I'm like, whoa, actually, some of my favorite natural wines have a little bit of sulfur. Because yeah. it's like, you, it, I mean. It's not it's, zero, zero. Yeah. Right. But it's but, still natural. Yeah. And it yeah. falls in that category. So I think that's uh-huh. where some of, like. I say the makers are kind of like, and some are just like, no, it needs to be zero, zero. Right. It can't be anything. And I'm just like, honestly, I've had a lot of zero, zero wines I don't love. Um, I've, right. I've yeah. actually, I've actually found, you know, because so selling natural wine, you know, I'm dealing with different, different buyers. I feel like the, the distinctive point between natural and non-natural is fermentation. Yeah. For me, that's where it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, in, and I totally agree with that, just knowing how much fermentation affects the profile. What do you mean by fermentation being the distinct Okay, difference? cool. Great question. So I try. <laughs> I have a podcast. I don't know if you know. <laughs> so, you know, there is and, – and I also want you to answer this question yeah. because I'm going to speak more to a spirit side of it, right? Because it's going to be changed on a molecular level after mm-hmm. you distill it. But I want you to answer this as well. Um when you're talking about fermentation and wild yeast fermentation, this is something that you see a lot of in agave production, particularly mezcal. Uh, there is some inoculation, which means there are yeast strains that are introduced on a chemical level to a wash. And what they're trying to do now, yeast is going to eat sugar that's going to produce alcohol. That is fermentation at the most basic level, right? Now, certain yeast will create certain flavor profiles. So if you're somebody like Jack Daniels, you are using the same yeast time and time and time again to ferment your wash, which is all of your fermentable sugars, Mm -hmm. right? Now, if you're something like mezcal, some Jamaican rums and things like that, yeast also exists just within the world we live in, right? So if you have... Uh, peach trees around like there's going to be there's going to be yeast coming from those things that can potentially you know alter flavor profile and stuff like that and so it also is going to take much longer so natural fermentation can be anywhere from five days up to a month right inoculating something or introducing yeast is you're probably looking at like a 24 hours to 36, 48 hours, right? Like it's like you're you're introducing to it, you're getting the process started, you're you're adjusting the temperature to create the perfect environment for something to be fermented to eventually distill. Now, from the wine perspective, why do you think that's really where natural wine becomes natural wine? Yeah, because the same kind of process, you know, they take the grapes and they typically, with natural wine, they're typically hand harvested. Um, Sometimes they're dry farmed. They bring it to the winery and then they just let, maybe they crush the grapes depending on the type of um, style of wine they're making, but they let the grapes do its thing, right? You hear that, but that just means those yeasts that naturally occur in the vineyard, out in the wild. So that's called wild yeast, native yeast. 
um, spontaneous fermentation. There's all these different words mm -hmm. for it, but instead of adding, like we're talking about adding a yeast or inoculating, then that kind of kicks off fermentation. It can speed things up and change the flavor profiles. So with natural yeast, for me, that's that when I hear native yeast fermentation, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they've, you know, add a little sulfur at bottling, which is very common in natural wine. But when it comes to that, that's the telltale for me because I feel like I've heard, I've heard all, I've also gone on other winery tours where they're like, oh yeah, we use D2F32 yeast. And I'm like, oh, okay. Whatever yeah, that, that sounds is. super natural. Right. <laughs> and now that's kind of my, I was like, okay, so you're adding yeast to kick that off, to build these high volume, like crazy yields to go into the commercial, commercial world. I get that. Um, but then I've also heard of people like taking the natural yeast from their vineyard, setting it to a lab, having that replicated, replicated and duplicated so that their wines end up tasting the same again. Mm. So that I wouldn't call natural because they're using that science that now it turns into a chemical, right? Because it's no longer just the yeast um, from their vineyard. So I feel like that's where the that's where I define it rather than, oh, do I add sulfur? Do I not add sulfur? It's a little bit more synthesized. Yeah. So I think the, yeah. I think the interesting about sulfur, and I think this is this is a reflection of your American consumer is when people talk about wine, they're like, oh, it has no sulfite, so I don't get a headache. And I really think it comes down to the fact that sulfur and sulfites are things that people can say. Mm -hmm. Right. It's mm -hmm. easy to say. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're comfortable saying like, that's the reason that I don't, I don't get this now. Right. And you can punt this question if you want to, but it's like, what are what is sulfur? What does this mean to people's wine, and why to you does it not necessarily matter when it comes to the natural wine? Now, of course, if you're just yeah. dumping sulfur in, like that, yeah, yeah, dumping whole another story. But like right, everything right. has sulfur sulfites. Our broccoli yeah. has it. Like you said, peaches, like everything has it. So it just depends on like the amounts, and that's why every bottle, like even natural wine, will say, "I'm looking at this one right now," contains sulfites because that's a naturally occurring you know, product in mm -hmm. agriculture. Um, so then when it comes to like, when people talk about sulfur additions, they go in parts per million. Mm -hmm. So if someone's adding 20 parts per million, okay, 40 parts per million, but like your commercial wines, they're adding like, okay, like 160 parts per million. Then I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, so there is a number, as, and I, I don't have like a certain number that I'm like, oh, it can't go over this. I actually talk to different winemakers, and that's how I find out what wines are natural, really. Talking yeah. to growers, talking to the vineyard owners, talking to the winemakers, because that with their hands-on process in natural wine, that's how they, they know their wines. They know what's going into that. And that's where you're going to find out your truths. I mean, there's a lot of these clean wine brands and all of that. If you DM their accounts on Instagram or try to reach out to their media or marketing teams, they can't tell you like, I'm like, Oh, where did you, where have you um, harvest your grapes? Um, you know, do you use natural yeast fermentation? They don't know the answer to some of right. these questions right. because don't know what's going in their wine a lot of the time, which is scary. Well, okay, so I have so follow up question to that because yeah. I know there's been times where I've done either or, but when you're out with these wineries and and especially because I I mean the reality is is that you've been doing this for two years, right? Mm -hmm. Which is mental, which is like the best part about hanging out with yeah. you because it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, rocket strapped, you know, you know, it's. uh are you out there with a notepad? Are you writing all these things down? Is it just kind of being like, you know, 
I think that they're for, for Chris and I, because we have this extensive history within the industry, there's things that are locked into my brain. Yeah. And, and I've really become aware of that as I've tried to learn about wine. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it's just because you have a, you have the language of spirits, right? You speak that language. Yeah. And so it's a lot easier to retain those things. And that's how I feel about spirits mm-hmm. because I've spent so much time dedicated to them. And as over the past, actually a very similar timeline mm-hmm. of really giving a shit about wine, I'm having a much harder time retaining things because I don't have the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So like, as you've grown, and I think this is, and, and I'm, and I'm doing this to be better myself, but then also to kind of, you know, for our listeners, like when you're out having these conversations, is it a note taking process? Is it a reflection at the end of the visit? Like, how are you retaining this knowledge? Because like you do have a day job yeah. and, and a very serious one. Yeah, like, it is kind of serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's like, I mean, like we always joke of like, like our life, our, like our job is not life and death. We're just dealing booze. And you're like, you're like your job is health re- related. And there's a lot yeah. of different ways that can go. Yeah. So just, I mean, and this isn't, this is obviously not related to hybrid grapes, but I just, I'm curious, like your process and going to the state pass roll was this, this past weekend, because I think there's also a weird stigma about like trying to enjoy yourself while also taking notes. Yeah. You know, yeah, what's that? What, so what, yeah, that. yeah. You know, like, you know, Sir Hunkle, it's kind of like, like, babe, drink this wine. And you're kind of like, you're like, but I'm taking notes, you know, like, <laughs> like, what's that situation like? You know, I'm one of those people that learn by like doing and I attach certain memories and certain like, and that, that goes not just for wine, but for all different facets of my life doing it connects with like doing it. Then I know it it's cause cooking. Like I can mm. look at a recipe once. So once I've done it and done all the steps, then I just know it. And I kind of that same type of memory. That's how I am with wine. I think in the very beginning, there were certain words, right? There are certain words and I'm like, what does that mean? But I would just ask the question multiple times. I mean, I think everyone was super patient with me and super cool. (laughs) And that's why I think another reason why I fell in love with the natural wine industry, because I've gone wine tasting in Napa. I've done all that. Do I feel comfortable asking questions? No, no. You're supposed to pay your $90 for tasting and be cute and take your little pictures. Um, But with natural wine, specifically the start was in Berkeley and a lot of the natural wines there, wineries there, I would ask questions like, what is this? How is this made? Wow, this is a Chardonnay. Why is it different? And so asking all those questions helped me connect the dots. Then when it came to the terminology, um, it was just kind of, there's the basics of the terminology. And then I kind of create my own. Like, I feel like that was one thing that some folks have related to me on Instagram, which I have taught them, okay, what skin contact means. I'm just going to use that as an example. But then in the other thing, it's like, Hey, there are different ways of describing it. I use my own terms. I have broke it down and kind of talked about wine in a way that is more relatable to, mm-hmm. I mean, the consumer, but then I've also on the winemaker side, they've respected that too. So I think again, being a liaison between those worlds, it's like, Oh, okay. I, maybe I'm onto something here. Um, but then also, I mean, I started my formal education later, so I really got into natural wine and then I got hooked up with a scholarship fund and I started doing, so I'm on, I just took my double W set two. So doing the formal wine courses. So I feel like I'm almost working backwards because there are things that for those governing body exams, I've had to unlearn from natural wine Mm -hmm. because there are terms or things that, oh, this is not how you make that type of wine. There's no way that fits into this box. So for that terminology, 
people people have asked me, why are you doing those formal courses if that's really not your thing? But for me, I'm taking what I can from it, right? Mm -hmm. As a writer, as a professional, I want to take what I can, use what I can, and if not, then fine. But like I probably otherwise wouldn't be discovering different like learning about Basel and Burgundy and all these different areas because I mean that's not I drink California wine because those are the people I can drive three hours and visit. So studying that from a different reference helps me shop for certain wines in that way, right? Um, but I think in terms of like these, in terms of the terms, but in terms of these words and how I approach wine, I think it's funny because I don't think I really take notes anymore. It's more so if a wine, I think I'm remembering this one vineyard visit I had in December 2020. Um, and it's two guys there, gosh, they're going to hate me. I'm forgetting the name of their wine right now. A uh, Source and Sink. Source oh, and sink. I thought we were about to create Emonies, but there we go. Yeah, Emonies? Yeah, source- Enemies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Emonies. Yep. Source and Sink. Two great guys. One knows the wine business. One knows farming. And now they both know both through mm. their journey. But walking through their vineyard with them, talking about the different cover crops that were growing, because it was December. It was very muddy. But then they had the bottle of wine that was created from that terroir, that, 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 that vineyard, it was that connection. So we're sipping the wine, walking through, they're talking about their cover crops. They're showing where maybe one day their tasting room will be if they can get enough money <laughs> yeah. to, to make it. Um, but then getting in the car, following them on the road to the next vineyard, it's that doing that being involved and like connecting those parts. Um, that I drag my dear husband around, um, but he loves Sir it. Hansel. Like, it's just like, there's things that I hear him talk about natural wine with like his coworkers or like different people that I'm like, oh, you do listen to me. Uh. Well, I think, I think in that situation, I mean, you know, un- unfortunately the, the worst part about getting into natural wine is that when you have something that isn't mm-hmm. and highly manipulated, it is so much more apparent now. Yeah, it's it's it is it like almost you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like you like I mean, in actually more cases than not, like you just literally can't drink it. Mm-hmm. You're like you're like, nope, this is this is disgusting. Like I cannot I cannot do that, and um, it's it's a good and a bad thing, right? Because you've you've removed a huge segment of what you're able to pick from, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately when you go to even like nice restaurants, you know, you look at these wine lists and they're so intimidating. You know, I don't care what level you're at. Like when I'm looking at a wine list and I'm, and I'm seeing a hundred different options yeah. between, you know, and it's really, it's like, it's like white, red dessert, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a rosé. Of course you'll get a sparkling. I should have included that in there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you're kind of like, you're like, Oh fuck. Like, how am I supposed to pick, you know, from this list, especially if you've gone through the process of, hey, I, I, I really like those things. So, um, so with that said, you know, you're, you've been on this journey, you know, you've, you've now moved to Sacramento, you know, you were in Oakland, like there's nice restaurants in both places. Like, do you have a strategy when you go out to a nice restaurant? Because like, you know, obviously you, you can't be on brand natural wine all the time. Right, you know, right. But do you feel like there's been like some safety or kind of like, I think if I, I think if I get at this price point from this country, I think I'll be okay. 
you know? Yeah, I use climate. I use climate and kind of the area. So if I'm not familiar with, you know, you know how wine's listed. If I'm not familiar with the producer mm. or maybe even that grape sometimes, I'm not very familiar with it. Um, but if I am, that that helps. Um, but I look at kind of the wine region. Like I know myself and how I've like walked through my wine journey. I like cool climate wines. I mm. like that. That'll have the higher acid. Typically, um, you know, that that mid, like, yeah little mid fruit like I like fruity wines I like light wines I don't like anything super heavy I like textural white wines um it kind of gives this whole it, it gives me a good indicator of I'm going to like it so if I see a Napa cab or sorry I'm gonna use Chardonnay as an example I use cab already so a Napa Chardonnay versus um a Sonoma Chardonnay that's cool versus warm. I'm going to like the cool climate. And so I kind of try to use those climates in different cities and different areas, different AVAs as my indicator when I'm shopping for wine. So I've asked that question to a lot of people uh -huh. and that is by far the best answer. What do people usually say? It's, it's a lot of cop outs and I don't blame them. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's an impossible question it's hard. To, to, to really answer. Cause if you're like, you're like, you know, you you sit here and you tell people, oh, yeah, do Spanish because Spanish is affordable or Portuguese or whatever the case may be. It's like it's, you know, kind of always a disaster. It's a really unfair question to ask people. But like that was a really actually that was a really good answer to that. <laughs> so. Um, all right. So we've been we've been rambling for a while and uh, we had another topic, but I think it was more like question and answer kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty deep into this. And I blame that on the live section and also the fact that we're so excited to have you back. So and the amazing wine and this the wine amazing is wine. So good. Yeah. We actually moved on to we actually yeah, tell me about this. one. Yeah. Let's do that before I'm we go on it. to the next one. So uh, this is Union Sacra. It's my my amazing French accent. Union Sacre, Le Orangerie. Ooh, get me a baguette as soon as possible. I shall. <laughs> With a little bit of brie. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is an orange Gewürztraminer, uh, aged I want to say for forty days on skin. It is one of my favorite wines. I uh, like whether it's room temperature, whether it's coming out of the fridge. This wine is so just good. spectacular. Take what you think you know about Gewürztraminer and throw it out the window. Yeah. Really, like, you have similar structure to it. But the flavor is, like, you have a, a think, lot more umami. You have a lot more You have a lot more acidity. Like, this I is think, just I think, crazy. I think it's important to, to, to highlight, like, with Gewürztraminer that that's typically, like, a dessert wine. It's a sweeter wine. Right. So, like, if you're if you would qualify it as that and and i've had you know some some expressions from Alsace recently that has really changed my perception the same way but i think gewurztraminer might not be as well known to people but like sweet dessert wines well i think i think what's are. also dope about this is this is coming from paso oh that's just so cool Ooh, right yeah, like, and, I, and i bought a bottle great. of this and i've taken it home it's fucking great this wine is fucking spectacular uh sold out like crazy last year, which was the first year that they made it. Bought, I think, ten cases of it this this year, just the way we could have enough throughout right. like the year, and we're still already running low. Um, and Xavier, the winemaker, is just a lovely human being. Yeah. He's one of those guys that like when you meet, uh, the first time 
that we had scheduled a meeting. It was supposed to be like half an hour. He was supposed to come up here, taste taste us on his wines, and then like dip out. Yeah, you know, done, done. He ended up hanging out here for like two hours. That does happen here. Just kicking it. Well, I mean, that's I'm I'm pretty fucking amazing. I mean, you know, no, I think, but and this hurts me to say. I think what you've cultivated here at Good Bottle is definitely an environment of being like, let's drink cool shit and talk about it. Oh, really, Drew? Yeah. It's really hard. It's now we got to figure out how to sell the things out of here. Well, that's that's, that's uh, not that we're not talking about that. I just like hearing the compliments. If you were to start a club, let's say, <laughs> where you could just drink stuff, you know, for free, you would be killing it right now. And all of your partners will be super satisfied. Oh, my God. Uh, well, regardless, the next year, Xavier came back and he made sure that he, like, he's cut time out of his day to, like, hang out here and, like, spend time here. Because it's just, like, those that, like, kindred soul that you meet in, totally. in this industry, right? Like, yeah. he's a producer. I'm a seller. And yet we still we still get off on on what it is that makes this industry dope. Right. Well, like we just it, find really cool shit that just excites us. Yeah. And I think that's and I think that's a callback to what we were talking about with Nadia earlier is that we reached out to you. Not knowing you at all and mm-hmm. not knowing how this conversation would go. And we had this really great convo and yeah. it turned into a friendship and then now it's like it's like okay great like now we're um i, I like that like, he called it a friendship you we're friends, we're friends. you don't have a choice <laughs> you, we're friends well, i mean like but like, this is like I've, lightweight and misery i put the situation. time in and i went to one of her tastings <laughs> i don't know what you've done but i've i put the i put the work in okay i i built this and i enjoy you know what what she's doing and and i do think that that's like one of the wonderful things about you know, natural wine, a lot of stuff that you talked about earlier, where it's just kind of like, yeah, like we're all on the same page. And I think that's a great place to transition into my favorite part of this show. Okay. Which is where we tell you who to follow. You know who's dope? Them over there. So this is the dope follows. Okay. Where we're going to tell you different Instagram accounts, Facebook groups, podcast books, movies, whatever that yeah. we think is super cool, super dope that you guys should be checking out. So Nadia, kick us off. Who's your dope follow this week? My dope follower is Roots Fund. And She's no- so on top of this. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. It's yeah. Roots Fund. Um, I say that because, so this is um, a nonprofit that was formed in 2020, um, formed to secure pathways for not just education, but careers in wine uh, for people of color. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of these organizations that pop up, right. But once I actually get involved with one, um, I'm just so amazed, right. Because I think I'll, like we were talking about being the only person that looks like me in a lot of these tastings and maybe in Northern California that I chat with and all of that, but to really connect with other people online and realize like, Oh my God, there's a lot of people like me that know more about wine than me. I love that. Um, and that's actually who I went to pasta with. I went to, with a group. Um, it was an enrichment trip to learn more about the business there. Um, and that's when I went to New York with them also to pour at La Palais. And so to really learn 
I don't know, alongside other people that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not, because in my friend group, I'm the only one, right? right? So to look at other people and be like, dang, people are doing dope shit in wine. And there's a lot of people in color that's, I mean, they're doing it. Like when people talk about doing the work, they're doing it. And so it's, I think it's technically the Roots Fund, um, but on Instagram, it's Roots Fund. Check out what they're doing. I mean, they're having like their first auction. They got enough to do an auction and have some really cool stuff in New York City. They're based out of New York City. Um, but really connecting people all over the world, sending people to Burgundy to work harvest and Damn, Chile. That's rad. And yeah. like all over, like South Africa. Like it's so cool. So um the other day you shared that on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so again, as a fan. <laughs> Of Nod Wines. I don't understand why you're like making hard eye contact this way. Because there's so much you don't know. Um, I mean, you got I went, really I went, I went down the rabbit hole and I was looking at some of the things like, this is something that it doesn't matter where you're at in That's the U.S., you can participate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just want to make sure. Yeah, as long as you're, know. you know, in the U.S. right now, they're trying to expand to other countries. And now with visas and all, all the political stuff, there's, you of know, course. ropes, hoops right. to jump through. But for both. now, like, yeah, there, there probably is. Um uh, I know they're doing an enrichment trip to Lodi, actually, which is really cool. So people kind of bringing everybody over to do something in Lodi, which I'm like, you know what's I weird? Have, I have so many hateful things to say about Lodi right now. But, like well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to suppress it. I've never <laughs> been to Lodi. I, I live 20 you, minutes from there. Which is crazy. Never no. been to Lodi. And, and I, with I all that being it, said, is like, I'm terrified of going to Lodi because there that. is a band that literally wrote a song about being stuck in Lodi again. Not just one time, but the second time. And it was no. so terrible that they necessitated writing a song about it. Okay, now. This is Creed Clearwater for, Revival. It's fine. For, for, for the Lodi trip, can we, like, just follow you guys? I don't want to, you know, um, mess up I'm the enrichment not, part of it. I'm so. probably not going on that trip. I probably will meet up with them. So, so, so you're saying that Lodi will continue to be a mystery for you? Honestly, a lot of the people <laughs> running the ordinance said it's one of their favorite favorite places to go and they never would have thought that there's some but cool the spots people. there i agree so it's the people there that make it what it is like seven years ago eight years ago steve beale told me that i needed to take time and go to lodi so steve beale is the man without question built bullet bourbon yeah in this oh, country yes. and really more like yeah. like especially you know, wow. starting in san francisco yeah um, he is. An, oh, I didn't know they started in San Francisco. Really? Well, that's that's really kind of where the the movement started. Okay, you know, like obviously it was it it was uh, you know, but he's a he's a master of whiskey. He's a master of whiskey. He is. is I mean, someone early on in my career that I just was able to stumble upon his team to be able to learn from. Like Steve Beal is is legitimately one of the most important people to American like wow. whiskey that, that we Amen. have around, yep. you know, and it's, 100%. Like, and it's just yeah. like, and the, the fact that he's, I mean, he's been retired for a few years, but he still is very, very generous with his time and his, in his expertise and um, you know, and even everything that that brand has been through since then, since his leaving, like it doesn't matter. Like what Steve did was, was truly incredible. So I, right. I, I want to mention that because it's like, <laughs> Anything that Steve has to say, like, this is a very serious thing. So, Correct. So go and ahead. I still Sorry. haven't listened to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go together. <laughs> I, I mean, I, with, in context, my father, when I told him I was moving to California, said, uh, you need to go to Big Sur. Mm -hmm. And it's been 20 years. Something that and I, 
I still haven't been to Big Sur. Well, I think it's it's the uh, it's the benefit of choices, right? Like California, we're super fortunate to be able to drive three hours to whatever winery we want. Or, we're very spoiled here. We're very spoiled. Um, you know, Lodi doesn't offer a whole lot of you know frills and thrills, but like there's some really cool wine that's coming out of there, and I've I've been wine tasting in Lodi. And uh, as much shit as I want to give it, it's it's more of like an in, like an endearing shit, like I, like I give to most people, where it's just like you know, I am going to talk shit about you because I love you so much. And- I will say, uh, and this is a broad statement, so come at me as you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I suppose, on the internet's forever. Uh, but uh, the wine that I've tasted out of Lodi. I enjoy far more than the wines that, uh, generically speaking, than the wines that I've had of, out of Amador. Still being a foothill. Oh man, section. Okay. okay. I there t- tend to be a little bit more nuance to those wines uh, than the wines that I've I've had the pleasure of tasting out of Amador. Now. I will say there are some out of Amador that I truly enjoy. And there are some out of Lodi that I fucking attest, attest, detest, detest. There it is. Have you, have you not spent any time in Amador? I have. Okay. I have. Um, again, like those are warm climate wines to me too. So it's <laughs> if I'm like elevation, what's the soil? Like all these things that of course I learned by like thinking about wine. That's why I'm like, what is the soil like in Lodi? Cause it's pretty hot in Flat. It's yeah, still Lodi. It it's yeah. still hot. Still flat. Still foothills. Okay. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's a. I think there's a something about uh, something about the temperature. Something about the humidity is a little bit more acclimated towards drier, less beefy wines. I mean, you're getting, that a, lot I enjoy. Of, you're getting a lot of zins out of there. Right. It's probably what they're probably most infamous for. I think the. The takeaway, and just to move this conversation forward, like the takeaway from Lodi is that, you know, Terroir is a huge influencer. And Mm -hmm. so go check it out. If you haven't been, go check it out. Go to Amador. Let's go. Let's go. We'll have have an episode on the road. We're leaving right now. That's just what we're doing. Um, (laughs) Okay, Chris, who's your dope follow? Did I play the sound already? You did. Oh, she gave son hers. of a bitch. There we go. Okay. There it is. There it is. There's uh, the my, mine is, uh, mine is uh, Bodega Cats of Instagram. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast and uh, went to middle school in New York City. And every bodega, specifically one, because I didn't have a lot of bodegas because okay. I'm a proper New Yorker and I be- only be- had a couple. Before you get begin into that, because like this is a very foreign concept for West Coast people. Which yeah, I do true. think makes up a lot yeah. of our listeners. Yeah, what is a bodega? Bodega is a corner store. You thought it was going to be more. It wasn't. It's a corner store. Okay, go on. There's it's a corner a store. Song that includes that. So yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a corner store, right? Like you yeah. can you can go, you know, maybe get a sandwich. You know, maybe there's a deli involved, uh, but usually it's, uh, you know, go get your milk, go get your bread, your laundry detergent, and, like, your lottery numbers. It's almost, like, convenient. It's, like, the truly specific definition of a convenience store. Yeah. Because it's, like, like half a block away. Yeah, it was, it's... it's If you measured your life in blocks, 
this store would matter to you. Yeah, this is this okay. is this is something that like absolutely should exist in California just based on our population alone. Um and the fact that we do have multiple bigger cities. Um however, we don't have it and it's super disappointing and I want you now to get into the actual point of this Instagram account because this is one that I already follow and love so goddamn much. Well, A, I'm opening a bar called Bodega, which the point of it is it's a neighborhood bar in which you can get your needs met. Not in that way, you dirty motherfuckers. Well, we'll but, you know, how, we'll, we'll it's like well almost you, we'll, that way. Hey, we'll see how well you do before you start making those kind of statements, all right? So. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. There is a massage parlor next door, so. And Raphael is adorable. He so. is very cute. One of his partners, just for the show. Um, okay, in the so business sense. Now, okay. For now, um, uh, will there be cats? Then? We're going to have stuffed cats because oh, the California Health Board is pretty pretty efficient in seeking out, uh, you know, Thanks, people people who. <laughs> pretty sure it was before him, but yeah. Well, so I, I think it's so now to get back to the Instagram account. When you walk into these bodegas, mm-hmm. let's say you need to get, you know, bread, some, some bread. Okay. Right? You might not be able to get some bread. Now, not I need you to do some some role playing with me. Okay. Like you go in to get some some bread, and you're like, okay. I can't get some bread. Why not? Say that. I need some bread. Why can't I get it? Because there's a cat laying on your bread, and you don't want to disturb a laying cat while it's oh. on the bread. That's how these bodegas are. Because the, the that cats, was amazing. That was yeah. that was an incredible. If I could do a New York accent, I would have. I can't, so I'm not even gonna try. Um, these these oh, comfortable. These yeah. Cute. These cats are they're there sleeping on to, your Wonder Bread. That to, you need to, to get take care of yep. the fact that okay. there is this is a big city. There are vermin involved, and these cats handle that when it's necessary but when they're not handling business they are sleeping on bed and it's adorable they're sleeping on i mean legitimately everything i mean these cats are just potatoes bread orange drink yeah what's that one on it's on rice yeah i mean i mean think about i mean who wouldn't sleep on rice so so think about every the, the the only thing that we have in california that's similar to it is that if you walk into a bookstore, there are bookstores with dogs and there are bookstores with cats. True. And and I don't care who you are. If you're going to a bookstore, which I realize is another feat that some people have to accomplish, but when you walk in and you see like a cat roaming around or a dog roaming around, you're kind of like, this is the greatest place on earth. Yeah, I, I'm very okay with the idea of bookstores being equated with bodegas. Yeah. Uh, that uh, like i'm very comfortable with that yeah like that's uh it's a it's a future project that mm-hmm. like so like my wife eventually wants to open up like a bookstore wine kind of shop yeah yeah yeah. and i just let's keep, talk girl and kaylin hit me up well you need to prove some things first um so, yeah uh, i can <laughs> i can get shit done not make money but i can open a thing <laughs> So I, I, that's something that like we really want to do because it's like, I, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a certain level of comfort that you have where you're kind of like, like, Oh, these people are down with animals. Let's spend money here. You know? Oh, and, yeah. and, I, and I love that. And there was a couple of places in my head, like there's a bookstore in Healdsburg that has uh, two resident cats. That's like, like, you're kind of like, you're like, Oh, I don't need any books, but I'm going to get them. Yeah. So, um, so it's really fun. And then, uh, 
but that's what I love about you know the uh, you know the bodega cats of of Instagram because you get to see this thing that we don't experience on the West Coast, and yeah. then I'm really excited about that. Uh, so now to to give you my my dope follow to wrap it up is actually going to be a local bar manager, and I love this person so much because she's like definitely on the geek level that I'm on. And uh, I want you guys to follow Trap Mama. And that is a T-R-A-P-M-A-M-M-A. She is the bar manager. Kayla's the bar manager of Jungle Bird, which is a local tiki bar. And she uh, is just very much so into uh, geek kind of culture. So a lot of uh, Star Trek and Wars references and things like that. But also, you know, trying to run a tiki bar right now. Yeah. which brings all kinds of issues that you guys can probably imagine over time. So she's super fun. Uh, she's also, uh, you know, she subjects her uh, niece and um, what's the male version of that? Nephew? There you go. There it is. Wow. Yeah, I lost that one. Um, and she puts them on there occasionally, and she's just she's just super awesome. And, uh, you know, that that's one that I think you guys should check out because – Jungle Bird here in Sacramento is our only tiki bar, and they do some cool stuff. They have some great rums, and the food is good. And the food is good. Yeah, like you know, that's uh, I had the spam and fried rice tonight, and it was exactly what I needed it to be. It pairs well with the drinks. Those yeah. are some um, pretty dope follows. The music for the Good Bottle Podcast is orchestrated by Leon and Chase Moore and produced, you know, pretty fucking well by uh, these two guys. And before we go kill these bottles that we've been drinking, we ask that if you've enjoyed this episode, you please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. I can't emphasize how important a five-star review is. You can also follow us on our personal Instagram. Chris is Chris Sinclair. Mine is... Garrison Six and follow the podcast at the Good Bottle Podcast. Uh, Nadia, if they want to follow you, where where are they going? Give us give us the Instagram. Give yeah, us the Nod give us Wines. the N A D W I N E S. Um, and same thing. www.nodwines.com. Um, DM me. Say hi. Let's taste some wine together. She won't remember you, but she will give you an answer. Um, <laughs> Also, you can you can check out our uh, Etsy shop where we have some celebrity free agave shirts for you. We have the dopest fanny packs you've ever seen in your life with a special message that you only get to know if you actually buy the fanny pack. And everyone is different, so just go ahead and do that. Uh, sure. One now. It's it's actually like like really well done. Like okay. Like I'm surprised by it. like when when it showed up, I was, I was like, this is a dope fanny pack. And uh, if you're a fashionista i mean fanny packs are in clearly so, we all are yeah uh <laughs> check out anchor.com slash good bottle podcast you can support the podcast that way and our desire to subscribe to the wine zine as well go out and do yeah, that obviously plug plug, plug 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 wine zine wine zine's fucking dope so yeah. if you're not following it A lot of quit playing out. Yeah. yeah 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 all right uh, if you would like for us to cover a story or if you're working for their brand that would like to be featured, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit thegoodbottleshop.com and order some of the bottles that we've been drinking tonight. So 
Until next time, cheers. Hey, we can actually do a cheers this time. We can actually do a real one. I likey, likey, likey. That's how the pros do it. It's the orange wine, man. It's fucking delicious. This is great. This wine is awesome.